0: Episode of Let's Read Spider Man, the best podcast to break down hired hunting dialogue such as, I should have dealt with you at the pier, meddlesome dullard. <laughs> Here to provide analysis for that line and so much more is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie?
1: I, I'm a little bit under the weather, but I've made tea for the first time in a while, so it's bolstered my mood. Made me a little less of a dullard, <laughs> perhaps.
0: <laughs> Well, Eddie, those pranks you pulled for the last pod for April Fool's were great. Are you going to be a comedian today?
1: I wish I could say I could be more of a comedian when I wanted to, but uh, no, not particularly today.
0: Well, uh, in our last podcast for The Amazing Spider-Man, which was two podcasts ago, I know you like the heroic Lonesome Pinky, the musician that you are and uh, thinking about <laughs> ramrod the aspiring singer yeah uh, you recall i gave a little background on the red ghost and his simian entourage in amazing spider-man 223 that was helpful quick reminder to the listeners Atme is uh engaged to uh nathan who she met at the nursing yeah. home there uh, he's the guy in the wheelchair he seems Thanks like a too. good guy though right
1: mr Lubinsky.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> deb whitman is dating biff rifkin usually mad at peter who actually has no steady dates He works at the Bugle still and has been getting shown up recently by uh, that photog Lance Bannon. (laughs) What a jerk. (laughs) All right. Is that enough of a recap, you think? Sounds good. Take us in. All right. From January of 1982, new year, Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 224, Let Fly These Aged Wings, written by Roger Stern, art by John Romita Jr. and Pablo Marcus.
1: In traditional Spider-Man fashion, Peter begins this book by merrily chatting with his aunt and then comically breaking up a bank robbery. Uh, also sticking with tradition, we see an aged Adrian Toomes. This is the villain, the Vulture, hobbling into his 13th appearance in a Spider-Man book over at Manhattan's Bellevue Hospital. Toomes is sluggishly moving about the elderly ward when he bumps into Otme's new beau, Nathan. Nathan gives Toomes a pep talk, making the villain feel young again and within minutes... Tombs has constructed rudimentary vulture wings from a pile of electronics. He knocks out his orderly and soars through the glass window <laughs> to freedom. Hey, James B., did you know Spider-Man has the proportional strength, speed, uh, uh, and agility uh, of a spider? Do you think this is happening because Marvel thinks there are like new readers showing up every month? Or is this a joke I'm just uh, missing? I.
0: They seem to want to add recaps. In case there are new readers just like we did today, I guess. I'd also like to declare The Vulture is moving ahead of Mysterio to the top, Eddie, of my villain list. All right! You know, sure, we are both bald old men who like card games, (laughs) but that's not the reason. He's just a smart, a little deep villain. Uh, I'll share more later, but please continue.
1: The similarities james b well breaking news uh their listeners the geriatric villain immediately reverts to form stealing gems and gold around town when finished he heads back to his retirement home to play poker with his new buddy nathan and all is well until peter parker shows up Tooms recognizes parker as a threat because he's a fo- photographer from the bugle he knocks peter out and ties him to a chair. When Toons returns in full vulture regalia to the restrained Peter, he finds Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, I thought it was surprising the vulture could take out Spider-Man with the butt of a pistol. Spider-Man has faced much worse beatings. It should be noted there are old people in bathrobes everywhere during all these scenes and the upcoming (laughs) battle as well. If you can picture this, listeners. (laughs) Well,
1: during that battle, Nathan is briefly taken hostage by the vulture. But in the end, the vulture flies off and Peter returns to Aunt May and her fiancé, Nathan. What a throwback this book is. The vulture plays almost the same role he always has, although his interjection into Aunt May's world makes for a nice twist.
0: Yeah, he takes Nathan hostage and then lets him go because he likes Nathan that makes him so much better than like mysterio or electro he's got a little bit of depth there Um, yeah eddie what's this you mentioned about the university you have in the show notes what's going on here
1: there's a part where spider-man is swinging about and he says he wasn't able to go after the vulture because he was stuck at the university where he works and goes to school since when are Peter's studies more important than fighting the Vulture?
0: Yeah, Eddie, I think that's in there just to imply the Vulture has been on a crime spree and they want to explain the reason why we're not seeing Spider-Man stopping it or battling him over and over again. Peter does have a run in, but it's with Lance Bannon and J. Jonah Jameson at the Bugle, which I enjoy. This is actually an excellent book. It checks all the boxes for me. If you want to argue with me, you can, but I think this book is great. It It's a little retro for me. Uh,
1: you know, I like to see newish things, but... You're right. It's nice to see the vulture and kind of remind us what he's like and about. I'm just really surprised very few times in Spider-Man's existence has he thought his personal life, Peter Parker's life, was more important than stopping a supervillain. I mean, I can it's count no, on a few hands it's when one, this has happened.
0: Yeah, I had to look that up as you're reading it. It's seriously, it's like one part of one panel referencing, like, other comics at the same time. He just says, like, oh, the Vulture's been doing all these things, but I've been busy with the university. That's They just want us to know the Vulture did more than one crime. That's all it is. That's not really. Hmm. You're too hung up on that. All right, all right. Hopefully it's not like that in the next book, which is from February of 1982. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 225, Fools Like Us, by Roger Stern, John Romita Jr., and Bob Wyacek. In the wee hours of the morning, two
1: ambitious FBI agents are attempting to hunt down a psychotic killer when they are disintegrated by the flamboyant fool killer. James B., tell us about the appearance of our latest villain.
0: So Zorro has a cartoon show right now at the same time this is happening. So Uh. this will make a lot of sense to people who were at the time. But if you don't know who Zorro is, he's a swashbuckling pirate character. Uh, So this guy's in... The Fool Killers in dark blue. He has a big dark blue hat, eye masks too. His belt and his gun are silver, but looks kind of like Zoro or the Lone Ranger, you know, with stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I agree. Sounds good. Uh, later
1: that day, Peter bumps into his new buddy, Greg Salinger, who's having trouble with his scholarship. Peter sympathizes as Greg talks about taking aggressive steps towards the administration, admissions office. A few hours later, Peter is leaving his office when he spots someone climbing a building and intervenes as Spider-Man. It's Foolkiller trying to kill again. The two tangle with Foolkiller cleverly escaping and returning to his hideout. There, he tells the story of his
0: origin. Yeah, Eddie, I need need a lot of help here. I put a (laughs) message in the notes. I don't understand this guy's origin at all.
1: Well, I went back and reread it at least two times and I can tell you I kind of understand it. <laughs> well, he was in prison. He was with this other guy who was a, fil- a fool killer, uh Rory Richard. He says man thing helped him like find his path and then it talks about once he becomes fool killer, he disintegrates the mysterious man omega and fights the defenders and the defenders are too tough for him and he's sad. <laughs> Biggest surprise for me was that Man Thing has his own book. What is in that book?
0: So this guy is the second fool killer? That's the way I understand. He's like taking up the flag of fool is, killing. Is the previous fool killer man thing now? I don't know about that. <laughs> is the previous fool killer like
1: there's a reason why my summary said,
0: "There he tells the story of his origin, and then I continue." <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair <this> enough. <laughs> Fair enough. He's not going to be. He's not going to be a like a lifetime villain. We're going to have to. Phew. To I'll just mention that he has a problem if somebody says like someone's a fool he decides for that, oh, I need to kill that person because they're a fool. If someone says, right. the darn fool gave me chocolate milk instead of vanilla, he'll go out and try to eliminate that person if somebody references someone's a fool. Just That's his big hang-up.
1: That plus, you know, anyone who is bereft of a poetic nature. He's very poetic, uh, supposedly, too. Well, the next day, Greg Salinger keeps pinging Peter's spider sense. Uh, I might mention Greg is an English major here. (laughs) And the final clue falls into place when Greg calls Deborah Whitman a fool. Spidey eventually catches up with Foolkiller just as he's blowing up the collegiate post office. But it seems like Foolkiller has slipped through our webbed hero's hands again. He comes upon a vagrant in an alley that makes him realize he's the fool for trying to fight Spidey. Just as Foolkiller turns his vaporizer gun on himself, Spidey webs him. We end with Foolkiller exposed as a Salinger
0: screaming for his own foolish death. I like seeing Deb Whitman and Jonah and Robbie have a sequence in here. It keeps it feeling related to the big arc of the Amazing Spider-Man books. Although, Mm -hmm. like the previous book, which I did enjoy, I mean, this is definitely just another one-shot with no progression. Honestly, The Order of the Last... Five books can be flipped around, and nothing really happens in any of them. No, these characters are coming back again, so it's not like you couldn't have just switched the order of these books. That always tells me it's not, you know, it's not that good when you can do that. It's super important.
1: Yeah. I, I wish they would have taken more liberty with how Fool Killer's lines are written. You know, he's he says anyone's a fool who has no poetic nature about them. Why not write a lot of poetry for him? That that's by far the most interesting thing I find about Fool Killer is that. He could have this intricate dialogue that takes place, and it would have been more entertaining if Salinger, you know, they, they, like I said, he's an English major, we could have connected those dots a little bit, had talked in some kind of similar cadence, like maybe every time you saw him, he gave you a little haiku on the way out.
0: (laughs) Sure. Oh, well. We'll we'll tell Roger Stern that I liked his first book and you didn't like the second, and you know? The last book is not by Roger Stern. It's from October of 1981, because we're going to go back never in an annual, Ah, uh, yes. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man, King Size Annual 15, Spider-Man Threat or Menace, by Dennis O'Neill, Frank Miller, and Klaus Janson.
1: We open with the Punisher killing a small-time near-do-well guru, forcing Spidey into action. With a mercy bullet and some gas, Punisher escapes, leaving Spidey dazed. At the morgue, the Punisher attempts to take a ring off the guru's body, only to be stopped by Doc Ock, who has no problem subduing the sharpshooter and walking off with the guru's body. Turns out the guru's brother had concocted a potent poison that Doc Ock tells the mayor he will use to kill 5 million people in New York City.
0: Yeah, this book has that Frank Miller gritty style. It's like the 2022 Batman movie that came out. It's Mm. kind of a dark book featuring characters Mm. occasionally talking over newspaper clipping headlines. It's got that whole very noir feel to it. It's not usually what I like. I can appreciate it, though, especially with The Punisher here. Speaking of The Punisher,
1: Punisher makes his way into Doc's underwater headquarters only to get quickly poisoned by Doc Ock. Uh, Although The Punisher pretty easily defeats Spider-Man, it was impressive the way he did it earlier. Uh, Doc Ock takes the Punisher out almost instantaneously. Uh, Spidey follows not long after, but instead of fighting or following Doc Ock, Spidey takes the time to whip up an antidote, curing the Punisher. Meanwhile, Ock enacts his plan. He will poison the ink at the Daily Bugle's printing facility, killing its five million readers, fortunately. Spidey shows up and the two longtime foes battle until Spidey traps Ox arms in the printing machinery.
0: Doc Ock gets punched in the face by Spider-Man. For those who don't know Doc Ock, he's a regular man who has like a belt clipped onto him that has four super long mechanical arms, so he's got like a regular human body. His face is definitely his weakness, and he often loses with just a punch <laughs> to this face by Spider Man.
1: Well, Jay Jonah attempts to run a story after the battle about he, how he stopped Ock from poisoning the ink. Until Joe Robbie points out, people may not want to buy a paper that might have had its ink possibly poisoned. <laughs> we end uh, where we started with the Bugle publishing a story about Spider-Man being a threat or a menace, only to receive very little interest from the public.
0: It's a well-written story. A lot of good, a lot of good side conversations. With the Punisher and J. Jonah Jameson and, you know, their morals and the things they think about. But it's not normally what I like, but I, I respect it. For an annual, it's a, it is a well-written story. I, I think it's
1: better than our average annual. I, I know we have Doc Ock, who seems to be like the annual guy. He's he's appeared in, what, our Spectacular Spider-Man annual that wasn't too long ago. And I'm not super sad about that. He, he, he makes for a good annual character and the addition of the Punisher in here adds in like a, a different flavor, and the Punisher feels a little different than he used to be—a little more sinister and effective. Except for, of course, when he's fighting Doc Ock, which I don't totally understand why he gets beaten so easily.
0: Remember, the Punisher does not have his own book. He's not going—he still does not have his own. Not book Not going to have right it for another—I don't know, four or five years. So he's still like just appears in Spider-Man. Like that's his only home. So he. He's glad to show up. I'm sure people enjoy seeing him here. Speaking of the Punisher, Eddie, uh, I think it's time for our sponsor. I'm ready. Eddie, I know that you're familiar with Mercy Bullets, the safe way to shoot people. (laughs) Well, that same technology has been applied to other parts of your life to make things safer. Uh, You may recall Frank Castle has an entire line of affordable, everyday Mercy products. You can sign up for our yearly membership for $129.00 he'll have access to that catalog. Eddie, today we're gonna feature a special home version of the Mercy products. That's right, only members can indulge in Mercy homes. Eddie, I can't recall, I'll just assume you remember. So we'll continue. Uh, Eddie, homes are always safer with no stairs. So all Mercy homes are one flight and uh, keeping them nice and safe. Also, instead of those windows that could jar and have glass and you know cut your fingers and hands, we will be using Saran Wrap instead of windows. This is the mercy way. Uh, hey, what's out there? You're you rubbing up against a rough brick that's so heavy to carry. Not when they're made of Styrofoam, all child-safe mercy homes have Styrofoam bricks. Eddie. I know you're thinking, what about the inside of my home, things that my child could get into? How about the oven? No worries. With the new 2023 contract, the full-size Mercy oven has been redesigned in cooperation with the Easy Bake Oven Company to make this truly a Mercy home. Eddie, do you want access to the safe Mercy lifestyle? Join the tens of others who are enjoying everything the Mercy program has to offer. See their two-page ad, in the April issue of Nut Fruit Magazine, check them out also on TikTok.
1: Wow, the Punisher getting on TikTok and Nut Fruit Magazine. I really thought when you said there weren't any stairs that you would say there was an elevator and like a series of slides to get out of the Mercy home.
0: That, that could be an idea. It does seem a little dangerous, though. It might be safer to just have a one, one floor. But, you know, I'm not really in charge of the Mercy product line. Yeah, I got to
1: say it sounds like good insulation with these uh, styrofoam bricks but uh is this home held up to like a small gust of wind? <laughs> I'm not sure about that, James
0: B. All right, instead of making fun of our sponsor, why don't you uh let us know how you felt about these returning villains to our books? Uh, do you like the well, uh, do you like these guys coming back?
1: Uh, well, uh, I, I was happy to see some oldies but uh, goody bad guys in these books. What about you? Do you like the vintage Spider-Man? Are you ready for something new?
0: Maybe next pod. I like the vintage Spider-Man. I'll take all the old villains coming back anytime. Oh.
1: <laughs> Too bad, James B. Uh, because we're going to get something new. And since it's Marvel team-ups, we'll be heading into galaxies, the astral plane,
0: and there
1: will be time for a couple of
0: Ooh. Eddie, you should have a little... Uh- One of those little yellow uh, peeps with your cup of tea. You know why?
1: Oh, it must be because Easter's coming up, right? Easter
0: will be coming up. Eddie, we received a letter the other day. I'd like to read it to you. Uh, Excellent, James B. Can't wait. All right. This is from uh, John Aaron. And John writes, Eddie's plea in a recent episode, which I believe is 164, Yes. For help providing non-given examples of villains.
1: Yes. Yes, James
0: B. I'm so... Okay, continue. Sorry. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Get it out of your system. For help providing non-given examples of villains whose origins involved social ridicule. Some other Marvel Universe examples for you, Eddie. Include the Mole Man, who we know. uh, Ah,
1: Yes, thank you. The
0: ruler of of Subterranean and Monster Island, as well as uh, mutants that you may know, because I know you're kind of a little X-Men guy, uh, Toad and Blob.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: So Eddie, he says, so Eddie was not wrong there.
1: (laughs) Ha ha. Vindicated, James B. (laughs) Yeah.
0: He also adds, however, Eddie was wrong <laughs> in episode 131 at the 1020 mark. Oh, now, yes. thank you. Thank you, John, for this part. When in his Harry Osborn history recap, he falsely accused Harry of killing Gwen Stacy um, rather than the original Green Goblin, Norman Osborn. And then he puts, I'm surprised James Uh-oh. B didn't catch this one. And uh, I did catch this in post, but it was too late. Um Eddie, I believe you also credited uh, Harry for snatching uh, Peter off of Aunt May's lawn, which I believe is also one of uh, Norman's sure. things back in the oh, uh, early days. He also recommends a particular book that he thinks we should cover. It's a crossover with Spider-Man and Superman, uh, which is sort of a, a, non, uh, a non-canon non book because it includes DC and Marvel, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. But I will Thanks. see if we can find a place to pluck this in. You know, the listeners don't know this, but our schedule is set you know ridiculously well in advance we have everything up through 205 set to go five months in advance we have all the books so if awesome. we can find it a...
1: guys this is a, a small window into what it's like working with james b everyone <laughs> three and a half more years <laughs> and then we'll be at Blubbety
0: blah. we're going to 2027 listeners that's the goal right now that's the dream Thank you so much, uh, John, for reaching out. I so
1: appreciate it, John. Uh, your assistance and, of course, listening to. Thank you, John.
0: Yeah. Oh, Eddie. He did enjoy on the April Fool's episode uh, the <laughs> headscarf trick with the uh, the swarm bee. By the way.
1: Oh, good. I was worried. I I didn't know if those jokes were going to find footing the way I thought they would. So it that was, was extremely fun to write them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that one was that one was a good one. Um, Eddie, if people wanted to reach out, like John Aaron and tell us some stuff and get right on the air and have a little communication with us, um, how can they reach us?
1: You can email us at let's letsreadspiderman at gmail.com
0: or on Twitter at let's Read spidey. Now it's time for the close. I'm James B. joined by... Eddie! And remember, listeners...
1: Tis a foolish endeavor to fight the man who swings as a spider. Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: I want to talk about the bonus pages in the annual, which you never ever cover in your summaries.
1: You know, there's already so much to cover. <laughs> Tell me about the bonus pages. I read through
0: them. So at the end of annual 15, they have a list of the proportionate strength of like 30 Marvel heroes ranked. I,
1: I saw this and I, I thought it was funny too because they, they kind of open it up. They like say, if you think, you know, we're wrong then write into us and tell us why we're wrong but i i did read all of this because i thought it was pretty fascinating too and
0: i thought there was only one character that's very not in sync with the mcu okay you know hitting some of the highlights it has these super heavyweights and i'm not going to list every character but i'll give you the ones that we all would maybe know more familiarly uh this is where hulk thor and iron man are actually in the super heavyweight categories. Uh, notable characters in the heavyweight category would be namor the submariner they're in their visions also there and then the super okay. medium weights has a uh, valkyrie she hulk power man uh, and this is where spider-man is he actually says this is my strength class folks a nice bunch really none of them have my amazing speed or agility or the spider-like <laughs> powers um, yeah whatever ghost riders are there too which was kind of funny and then he has the medium weight. So these are people that are that are less than Spider-Man, okay? And it only, only has, like, these loser heroes, like Nightwings. And it's like Spider-Woman and Beaster here, whatever. And then the lowest tier at the very bottom has Wolverine and Black Panther and Daredevil. And then right in the center, the lowest tier, Captain America. <laughs> because they want you to think Captain America is, like, a normal man who's, like, really talented. Like, you know... Yeah, I and mean, he's got Kazar over here and like power. He's, I mean, he's not, he's better than this in the MCU at least.
1: The the way I understood that, that category, it implies that like I, if I worked out and had really good genes, could be as strong as any of those characters. Cause I'm just, it
0: says him. that you're in the normal human range. You look at yeah. all these people and you're like, okay, but Wolverine and Captain America are here? Like,
1: uh, there's just no way I could ever go toe to toe with well, the.
0: I mean, guys. Wolverine has adamantium inside of him, and Captain America has this, you know the super serum formula. I mean, that's why they're not really. But whatever. It's this is how Who's they, the character
1: you said did you didn't think Captain America or? does not belong
0: down there. He is oh he's not oh, weaker I see, than I Nightwing. Okay. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no way. Nightwing. I don't know anything about Nightwing, and I don't think I ever will. So.